Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 27 minutes to 9, the time. Time for your Mediated Conversation this Wednesday morning. Over the last few weeks, the Formula One driver, Lewis Hamilton, has again said he does not believe Formula One can continue in the way that it is without having at least one Grand Prix race in Africa. In particular, he suggested that we as South Africa should host a Formula One Grand Prix again for the first time since 1993. Meanwhile, the sport of car racing is changing. Earlier this year, there was the Formula E race in Cape Town. It saw electric cars whining their way through the streets. However, there are also plenty of petrol heads around, people who love the sound, the smell, the roar of cars as they are. This weekend, there's the Kailami 9 hour. It'll see a large number of cars racing around the track there. So then, how is the sport changing? Will Grand Prix ever come back to South Africa? And the races that we're watching how will they change, especially if electric cars have huge acceleration? Well, first this morning, Kelvin Watt is the head of sport of uh, Africa and the Middle East for Nielsen Sports. Then Ian Banner is the chair of Go Green Africa and the E-Prix in Cape Town. He arranged the race this year. And finally, Kolile Letlaka is the founder of Inter-Africa Racing and host of the race at Kailamis in partnership with the South African Southern African Endurance Series. We start then with Kelvin Watt from Nielsen Sports. Kelvin, good morning, and thanks very much indeed for your time. Good morning. How big is Formula One? Thanks for having me. Sure. How big is Formula One right now? It seems to me over the last few years it's really grown. Certainly it has, you know, I think with the investment of Liberty and some of the changes they made in terms of how they distributed their media, the drive to survives, the way that they changed the rules on social and digital media for the teams and the and the individuals have certainly grown the sport and there's a massive interest. It's, you know, it's having some challenges this year, being a very much a one horse race, which is not good in, in any sporting contest. And, and certainly we're seeing some numbers around the world where, you know, so maybe let's call it the sort of fringe interest that's really interested in a, in a high end competitive environment is losing a bit of interest, but largely it's it's continuing to perform incredibly um, around the world and is continuing to grow. And, you know, certainly in a South African context, we're seeing interest in it sitting at as, as high as 70% um, in F1 in, in South Africa amongst our respondents, which is which is extraordinary for international sport. That's a, that's a massive rate of interest. Um, when we see Formula One growing, does that affect the other classes of racing? So in the United States, I know Formula One's moved aggr- quite aggressively into the US. There's NASCAR racing. There are many other formulas. Or I think it's all the way down to Formula Four. Um, do those classes of racing get more interest as well? Well, I think, you know, not necessarily. Um, you know, we've seen very similar growth rates for Formula E. That's sitting as high as 63% in South Africa now, which is which is really significant and has grown massively as well. So I think, you know, the, the top end of the sport, similar to what we're seeing in, in other sports in the world, you know, whether it's cricket, whether it's football, whether it's, it's rugby, the, the interest is growing in the really big stuff. Um, what's becoming really difficult is if you, you know, sort of more regional competition or national competition. So, you know, if you take the context of rugby, the Curry Cup over the last 10, 15 years has really gone on to a back burner in South African rugby and something that needs to be worked very hard on. And very similarly in the motorsport world with the sort of big growth in Formula One, the big growth in Formula E, big events like, you know, like the Kailami Nine Hour, sort of day-to-day domestic motorsport is, is under pressure um, from that. And one of the reasons is, you know, you can sit at home on various platforms and, you know, do you go to Kailami on a Saturday to watch you know, sort of amateurs or semi-pros race or, you know, even some of the local top talent? Or do you sit and watch some of the best motorsport around the world on the various, you know, platforms, whether it be Supersport or, or other channels that can deliver it for you? And unfortunately, that's something that 
domestic and regional sport is, is suffering from generally, not just in motorsport. Uh, Formula One in particular has a time zone problem. I mean, it's not the only sport with this problem, but it does very well in sort of European time zones, and I imagine there's a huge number of fans in Europe. But moving it to the United States and Las Vegas had some very strange starting times for motor racing. Yeah, they did, and I think, you know, you know one thing that you've really got to credit Formula One for and the Liberty Group is is for really moving with the times, and they understood that fundamentally and, and were willing to make that decision. And obviously, if you're running a race, you know, like that in, in Las Vegas, which which effectively doesn't sleep, and I mean, effectively, most people aren't awake during the day. There's most of the most of the fun and games goes on at night, you know. So I think, from a Las Vegas perspective, it was it was quite normal for something big to be happening in the middle of the night. It's it's not an unusual occurrence, you know. The boxing events are often in the early hours of the morning there and things like that. So it's it's not an unusual thing in Vegas, and I think that's really what it shows that sort of maturity, the use of data and insight that, that F1 is, is applying to what it does around the world today, that it's really very, very aware of its audience, of its consumer base, um, and is playing into that. And, and so, you know, that time zone might have been not so great for the drivers, but certainly for, for the consumers, the European uh, viewers, etc., cetera, uh, worked out really well. The fact that Formula One is not in Africa and it claims to be a global sport. I mean, Lewis Hamilton, is he putting his finger on something? He can hardly claim to be global if there's an entire continent of over a billion people that it's not coming to. Sure, look, I think, you know, it's easy to say. I mean, obviously, financially, and, and I know, you, you, you know you're going to have a chat further about you know, Formula E, you know, putting on events of this scale and this size require a huge amount of investment from from governments and cities and sponsors and others and Given the socio-economic state of South Africa, it's 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 a tough thing to put these things on. You know, this is not uh, it's not child's play. These are these are seriously big events that that require huge amounts of investment and commitment. Um, certainly, the benefits for them for those territories are enormous. I've just come back from Abu Dhabi and just seeing how that's grown. I was last there in 2018. In five years, uh, you know, it just seems to be like they've reinvented the event, the size of it, the scale of it, the amount of people, all of that. So. You know, and you're seeing that that money pouring into Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and the United Emirates over that weekend. Um, but you know, we're a country that's under a lot of financial pressure. So to be putting these sort of pressures into not only into government and local government, but also onto our consumers is is really tough. Um, you know, it's 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 not an easy one to pull off, and it's going to take a huge amount of collaboration from a lot of people to make something like that happen. It's also probably only worth doing if you expect Formula One to continue to grow. Can, is there much more space for it to grow if it's doing so well now? I'm not sure there's that much more space to grow. And I think in the African context, one of the big factors is Lewis Hamilton. Um, you know, and, and I mean, obviously, he's on the back end of his career. I, I don't think he's finished. And I certainly think he's got a couple of years. But he certainly, you know, the bulk of his career is, is behind him. Um, and that's certainly a big issue from an African perspective. And I think, you know, from a from an African investment perspective, that, that, that is a huge factor. Um, certainly in the context of South Africa, I think major events like this, whether it be the Formula E, the Kalami 9 hour, F1, they certainly have the ability to be massive tentpole events in, in the country. And, you know, certainly our view from a Nielsen sport perspective, having looked at the, the you know, the, the economic impact of these sort of events is they, in the, in the end, because they come around every single year, they actually have more long-term impact on the economy generally than, than big sort of events like World Cups, which sort of come and go. 
Thank you very much indeed. Kelvin Watt is the head for Sport for Africa and the Middle East for Nielsen Sports. Really do appreciate the time. You're there, CFM. Your mediated conversation around motor racing and motorsport continues 19 minutes to nine. Ian Banner is the chair of Go Green Africa and the chair of the EPRI in Cape Town. Ian, good morning. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Stephen. You hosted the Formula E race in Cape Town earlier this year. How was it received? How well did it go? I, I feel blessed to say we, we we hit it out the park. We got maybe a little bit lucky, lots of planning, but it was extremely well received, I think, beyond everybody's expectation. Thank you, Stephen. Um, so the plans then for the future, as I understand it, there isn't actually one, there isn't actually a race plan for next year, but I think there is for the year after. Are you planning to make it an annual event in the longer term? Yeah, you know, it's interesting just talking, um, you know, Kelvin talking about annual events versus every four years. We've taken a slightly different approach, Stephen, and we've put purpose right at the center of what we are doing with Formula E. So it's the same strategy I used when we built the Laureus World Sports Awards. That's an award show once a year, but we created Sport for Good and we created the Academy as the Electoral College. And fortunately, 23 years later, it helped about 7 million children. And we've raised a lot of money and there's 300 projects we support globally every year. And then we, throughout the year, the work happens and, 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 and we celebrate with the awards. In this context, the race is our celebration. Our Africa's Green Economy Summit, which is a conference we started last year, is happening again in February. It connects global capital to African green economy opportunity. Our Formula Student Africa project, where we have nine universities on board under the tutelage of Warwick University and now Coventry too, they are being schooled on how to build an e-car um, because we have a strong automotive sector in this country and we better start focusing on developing skills given that by 2030 the cars that are exported to Europe and I think there's about 420,000 of them. They've all got to be e-cars. So we need young people coming out of educational institutions with the right qualifications. So we're doing that. We have Go Green Africa, which is a not-for-profit with the likes of Siemens and Eskom and soon-to-be Sassel, Uber, on board along with a lot of technology and service providers, working out how best to go green to help corporates, individuals, etc., to go green. All of those things happen throughout the year. That gives us an ecosystem which makes a difference in our country. It also allows us to attract sponsors and supporters into the mix who come with us all the way into the race. And frankly, that is the only way we can create the annual spectacle that was in February this year. So next year's about pausing the race because we've just finished this year and we had to put up massive guarantees again developing all of our purpose and impact work and then growing into the race for February of 2025. The actual experience of the race, and I understand what you mean when you say the race is a sort of celebration of everything else, and I am aware of your history with the Laureus Sports Awards. Um, the fact is that people think of the spectacle of the race. Is the spectacle very different to what we're sort of used to? And I realize that there are lots of different types of motor racing. But the spectacle of the race that you put on, was it very different from what we're sort of used to seeing on TV as a Formula One Grand Prix? 
Well, firstly, it's a street circuit. So it's a purpose-built circuit that we created around the stadium precinct in Cape Town. Turns out that it was, um, it had, it was rated as one of the best circuits of the year, one of the fastest circuits of the year, and got the best overtaking move for Antonio Felix da Costa. So the circuit stood up. So that makes it a bit different, Stephen. It means you have to build your entire infrastructure for every race. So all of your grandstands, all of your hospitality, everything that goes with that, and it's a lot, power, et cetera, et cetera, has got to be purpose-made. So that makes it very different from a fixed um, track that has already been established, you know, that hosts races annually. But that too brings in a level of excitement because people are seeing cars racing at exceptional speeds on streets that they themselves cycle on, drive on, et cetera. So it brings another element to it, which makes it very exciting. And the Formula E cars are now faster than Formula One cars from 0 to 100, or 0 to 200, in fact. So they're very, very quick and uh, exciting to watch. Well, I was going to ask about that because acceleration for electric cars, uh, and I think it's Formula One cars uses use hybrid hybrid engines, um, and partly because they want the accelerate the acceleration that a hybrid can give them. So, when you have acceleration like that in electric cars, it makes the driving much more important. There's more you can do with the car, which makes it more interesting. And I presume the car's lighter as well, which means it's easier to stop. Yeah, so it is interesting. I mean, I think one of the fascinating things is the fact that around 42% of the uh, power in a Formula E car is regenerated in the race. So the mass of the vehicle drives against a motor that regenerates power back into the battery. So that's incredible. You know, you wonder where that final sort of fulcrum point would be. You would think it would have to be a maximum of 50%, that capability. But that talks to what you just said about stopping you use the mass of the vehicle against this electric motor to generate this regenerative power, but it slows the car down. So it's very much about the braking. How do you, when you brake using a manual brake, a foot brake, when you use, you know, the engine to slow you down, and that's a total skill set. They get these cars into corners where they have to pivot the car and point it in the direction they're going to be traveling because they are so quick. And it is a different set. They say it is, I mean, Formula E is regarded as having probably the best driver lineup of all, out of all motorsport codes. That is a debatable point, but that's not me saying it. It's the experts saying it. And um, these are very, very skilled drivers. And of course, Formula E attracts a young audience. It's got a phenomenally strong young audience because it is akin to, you know, um, e-racing on a computer so there's a lot of excitement around the sport it is growing exponentially it is not yet formula one by any stretch of the imagination but it in the future because i don't see too many combustion engines being produced beyond 2030 or 2035 so the question you have to ask yourself is what will the future format of uh you know of one seater racing look like in the future Ian Banner, thank you. Chair of Go Green Africa and the EPRI in Cape Town. In a moment, Kralila Mkletlaka, the founder of Into Africa Racing. You're with SAFM 11 minutes to nine. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Eight minutes to nine, the time continue your mediated conversation around the future of motor racing.
Kwalile Letlaka is the founder of Into Africa Racing and host of this weekend's race at Kailami in conjunction with the Southern African Endurance Series. Kwalile, good morning. Thanks for your time. Hey, morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Why thanks do you, for having me. Sure. Why do you enjoy it so much? I mean, people talk about the roar of engines. They talk about the sort of close finish. They talk about the kind of spectacle of it. There is something about motor racing that people absolutely love. You know, uh, motor racing is, is for me, my passion. You know, uh, it's an individual sport when you are in the car, but it's a very much a team sport when you look at all the engineers, the mechanics, and everyone else that's involved, you know. But uh, it, it is, for me, really a beautiful, beautiful uh, sport to be involved in. Um, and do you still see big crowds coming? So we spoke about, you know, you heard about Formula One, how successful that's been. People are really watching that at home in South Africa. Domestically here, are people coming out to watch it in the flesh, to watch motorsport? Uh, not really, not really. This is part of being what uh, my reason for, for, for being involved with uh, SAES is to is to change the face of of, of what we see now in terms of how we package motorsport in South Africa, how we get audience involved, and how we go fetch the, the, the audience that's predominantly not been there, right? So that is my biggest passion now in South Africa and, and, and motorsport, is to introduce motorsport to, to a different audience. I mean, I was listening to, 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 to your interview just now. There are these phenomenal things that are happening in in, in motorsport. Guys are doing great with Formula E. Formula One has been doing well. But where are we as a society? Are we just spectators in this? How do we bring kids in to be active participants to make sure that they are part of this growing wave? Um, it also depends on what kind of car you're racing. Now, in some countries, you know, they have domestic saloons, so you'll race cars that you could drive to work in. You literally take your car off the road and put it on the racetrack. That's quite fun to do in some cases. Um, in other places, I mean, I've seen people driving and racing, you know, the, the cabs of trucks, you know, just the front part of a truck. Um, what kind of, you know, sort of thing works? What are we doing? What, what are you doing this weekend, for example? What kind of cars will you be racing? So this weekend, uh, we, we we were racing the South African uh, Nine Hour, the Endurance Series. That is the South African Endurance Series. Um, it, it, it is important to state it is not the the the, the Kailami Nine Hour that is hosted by the SRO that uh, has a round of uh, of its event in South Africa. So this is the national championship that's happening this weekend, and you see it's a typical endurance race. You will have different cars, you'll have GT3 cars, which is what I race in the series. You'll have Cobras, you'll have all sorts of cars that will be, we've got about almost 50 cars that have entered in this race. And do you find that lots of people are actually keen to drive? I mean, it's one thing to sort of be generating spectator support. Quite a lot of people quite like to drive their cars fast. Yes, I mean, a lot of people would like to be involved in motorsport and probably race their cars or even drive their cars. But my biggest passion is is to try and create motorsport in South Africa like it's been all over the world as a lifestyle where we could get spectators there to enjoy themselves 
and while being there really enjoy the Calvin track, you know. In this way, I think we would get more interest from the people. We'll actually get government to support motorsport. I feel right now government has not supported motorsport enough, you know, in this country. Mm. Um, and the future of the sport, do you think there's going to be any role for petrol engines in the future, or do you think it's all going to be electric cars and hybrids? I mean, your guest was mentioning it, and I, I really agree with him. 10 years from now, maybe 15 years from now, uh, petrol engines will disappear. I mean, we're seeing Formula One now with hybrid engines, and I think in the future we'll have electric cars, because that is what the world is moving towards. But I am saying, when this growth is happening, I mean, he was mentioning, we were asking him about the future of Formula One coming to, 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 to Africa. And he was saying, look, the draw card must be, might be Lewis Hamilton, who's almost uh, in the end of his career. We need to start participating. We need to bring motorsport to our communities and find new Lewis Hamiltons, new engineers, new fuel engineers, new people that can benefit from the sport. You know, so that is my view. The other thing, of course, is is to have places where people can race, whether you block off uh, roads, whether you have fields or something where people can do certain racing. In other words, you can't ask people to come to you. You, in some cases, need to take uh, the races to the people. And I know this has happened in some places. I, I agree with you 100%. Going back to government support, you have a track in South Africa that is called Pakisa. This track is, a, is a, probably the only track I know that where Valentino Rossi went and raced at in South Africa. If you go today and take a picture of that track, it's going to ruin. We've been talking to free state government to try and restore this track and preserve it because it means a lot for motorsport. You know, you've got a heritage track like this London track that no one has really done anything, you know, uh, to, to preserve it or even better it for the future, you know. I agree with you. Sometimes you have to take this sport to to the communities. I'd like to see and put up a race next year where we race in Soweto, where we race in Umdanzane, where we race in any other community, where we introduce the gist of this sport. Because remember, if we do not appeal to the greater audience, we do not have the numbers and corporates don't come. That is what we need to do, all of us, collectively. Hmm. And I don't think we've done that enough yet. Thank you very much indeed. Kualile Letlaka is the founder of Inter-Africa Racing and host of uh, the, the weekend's race at Kalami in partnership with the Southern African Endurance Series. My thanks also to Ian Banner, cha- uh, chair of Go Green Africa and the EPRI in Cape Town, starting us off today. Kelvin Watt, uh, the uh, head of uh, of uh, Nelson Sports for Africa and the Middle East.